Welcome to The Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll & Mori. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contract legal and regulatory developments that no government contract lawyer or executive should be without. Yuan's going to get us started with an update on a new executive order. Thanks, Peter. On September 15th, the Biden administration issued a new executive order designed to sharpen the current U.S. foreign investment screening process that's administered by the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., or CFIUS. The EO is the first to specifically identify additional national security factors for CFIUS to consider when evaluating transactions involving foreign investors. Now, the EO doesn't expand the jurisdiction of CFIUS or establish new requirements, but it formally directs CFIUS to focus on transactions that could give foreign parties access to U.S. technology, data, or critical supply chains that the administration has identified as important for maintaining U.S. economic and technological edge. Moreover, the EO doesn't mention any specific country, but it underscores the threat posed by inbound investments involving foreign adversaries or other countries of special concern, which may appear to be only economic transactions for commercial purposes, but could actually present an unacceptable risk to U.S. national security due to the legal environment, intentions, or capabilities of the foreign person, including foreign governments involved in the transaction. Peter, back to you. Thanks, Yuan. Next up is uh, an update from DOJ. On September 15th, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco announced important updates to DOJ's criminal enforcement policy. This is something that's getting a lot of attention, and, and rightfully so. Lisa Monaco explained that DOJ will now consider whether a company facing potential enforcement action has proactively reported and remediated misconduct. Importantly, going forward, it will be DOJ's policy that absent aggravating factors, it will not seek a guilty plea when a company has voluntarily self-reported, cooperated, and remediated misconduct. In addition, DOJ will not seek an independent compliance monitor where the company has implemented and tested an effective internal compliance program at the time of the resolution. And DOJ will take a more affirmative role and quote unquote, monitor the monitor in order to keep them on task and on budget. Lisa Monaco explained that DOJ's goal is for every component of DOJ to reward companies whose historic investments in compliance enable voluntary self-disclosure and to incentivize other companies to make the same investments going forward. DOJ also noted that it seeks to empower chief compliance officers, general counsel, and others to make the case in the boardroom that voluntary self-disclosure is a good business decision. Lisa Monaco noted that undue or intentional delay in producing documents, including those that show individual culpability, will result in a denial of cooperation credit. In other words, it is no longer enough to disclose a bad act. Corporate cooperators must identify everyone involved, and they must do it quickly. The deputy AG explained DOJ prosecutors would work to conclude investigations and bring criminal charges against individuals prior to or at the same time it takes actions against the company. DOJ noted that it wants to encourage corporate responsibility by taking care not to deter companies with good compliance programs from acquiring companies with histories of misconduct. Per DOJ, acquiring companies should be rewarded rather than penalized 
when they engage in careful pre-acquisition diligence and post-acquisition integration to detect and remediate misconduct at the acquired company's business. So certainly something that we're going to be talking about, and there will be more guidance coming from DOJ, but worthy of the attention that it's been getting uh, and an area of uh, further conversation for sure. You want over to you for an update on an OMB memo. On September 14th, the OMB released Memorandum 22-18, which implements software supply chain security requirements that will have a significant impact on software companies and vendors in accordance with EO 14028, improving the nation's cybersecurity. The memo requires all federal agencies and their software suppliers to comply with the NIST Secure Software Development Framework, so NIST SP800-218, and the NIST Software Supply Chain Security Guidance whenever third-party software is used on government information systems or otherwise affects government information. Now, the term software includes firmware, operating systems, applications, and application services like cloud-based software, as well as products containing software. And it's critical to note that these requirements are going to apply whenever there's a major version update or new software that the government will be using. Now, the memo requires agencies to take a number of actions. First, within 90 days, agencies have to inventory all software that's subject to the memo. Second, within 120 days, agencies have to develop a process to communicate requirements to vendors and ensure that vendor attestation letters can be collected in a central agency system. Within 180 days, agencies need to assess training needs and develop plans for the review and validation of attestation documents. And within 270 days for critical software and within 365 days for all others, agencies will require self-attestations from all software producers. And finally, as needed, agencies will need to obtain a software bill of materials or other artifacts from software producers that demonstrate conformance to secure software development practices. So to comply with the memorandum, software producers have to attest that they adhere to the NIST software supply chain frameworks and guidance, and in lieu of self-attestation, software producers can submit third-party assessments of compliance that are conducted by a certified FedRAMP assessor or an assessor that's approved by the government agency. So we'll certainly be tracking the memo and its implementation and developments. Peter? Thanks so much, Yuan, and thanks to all of you for joining us. That'll close out this edition. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes, brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Yuan can be reached at 202-624-2666. Thanks for joining. The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mooring LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.